0: Welcome to Creatively Human, a podcast for online business owners and creatives that goes beyond the work and dives deep into why we do what we do, the struggles and wins we face along the way, and how we fit it all into the kind of life we want to live. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, and I help creatives grow their businesses in ways that fit around their life and values. Today's guest is the absolutely brilliant Jen Carrington and she has taught me so much about doing work that really fits around me. This interview is full of so much goodness. We spoke a lot about writing, about developing a strong voice across a content ecosystem, which includes blogging, podcasting and weekly newsletters, and also finding your secret weapon content. We also chatted about staying in love with our businesses, being creative outside of our work, our shared experience of starting a business young, the mindset work that has led Jen to where she is now, and saving for taxes. Enjoy! Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I'm sure that anyone listening to this podcast will have heard of your work before. But just in case, could you give a quick summary of what you do?
1: Yeah, so I'm Jen. I am a creative coach. And basically what that means is I work with amazing creative women like you, um, amazing creative people, men, women, non-binary people um, who want to kind of bridge the gap between where they are now and where they want to be in their creative work and life. And a lot of the time that looks like building a business from scratch or pivoting the business they've got or kind of making a big leap in their creative work. Basically, my days are spent helping people pursue their dreams, whatever that looks like. So I, I'm very biased, but I think I have the coolest job in the world.
0: Yeah, it's it, and it really comes across in everything you talk about that you you love what you do.
1: I I do. I I really. It's interesting. I think I don't know if you can relate to this when you've been doing something for a long time. The way I my business feels like my marriage. (laughs) You love it deeply. Um, but it's also like a long term relationship where you have to choose to sometimes you have to choose to still love it. You know, if like the not really the client work, I don't have to choose to love. I always love that. But the monotony of showing up every day and running a business and doing your spreadsheets. That sometimes has to be a choice. But there's always there's like a deep love holding me and my business together. If that makes
0: sense. Yep, definitely. Oh, I like how we've you've just dove into like a deep topic straight away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense because um, that that makes me think about how there's a lot of people talking about how you need to love what you do. And I actually, I think that it's hard to love what you do all the time, especially when you're getting paid to do it. Yeah. And there's so much pressure.
1: Like, and I think I always, think, my rule of thumb is I want to love my business more than I find my business stressful or enjoyable. Because yeah. there's always things that are not going to be fun to do when you're doing everything. You know, I don't exactly love doing my tax return. <laughs> And I don't exactly. That's to be honest. That's probably the only thing that I really hate doing. (laughs) But um, but then, so I want to love more than I'm not loving it. But I I think love is a choice. Like I think of my husband. Like I love him so much. He's like a part of who I am now. But some days he really gets on my nerves. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I have to choose to love him or when I'm feeling selfish and impatient I have to choose to love him so the same with my business when I'm feeling you know those days when you wake up and you just don't want to work but you have to work that's the moment where I dig deep to the real deep love because on a day-to-day basis when it's all going well and you're loving it it's quite easy but the real love comes from showing up for it even when you kind of don't want to show up for it that day if that makes any sense.
0: Definitely I love the analogy of the business to the marriage and it's so true because yeah when you get married you are making a choice you're making a promise that you're going to choose them even in times where it's a bit harder to or when you've got so much else going on that that you neglect your relationship and yeah exactly the same with your business yeah and I
1: also think we have a relationship about business, and people think I'm probably a bit. I always talk about like people think when you're getting like a business off the ground or doing anything with your business, it's all about like the strategy and the action you take. But I always think it's actually if your relationship with your business is off, everything else is going to be off because you're doing it all not from like a full tank. It's just like if your marriage, say you're trying to do things together as a couple, but you're not healthy as a couple nothing's gonna go right so i always i really see my business as something i'm in a relationship with that's very fluid and is changing and growing and we're learning from each other as much as if that makes any sense i know it sounds a little crazy but that's how it feels
0: yeah yeah no it actually does make sense (laughs) (laughs) um what are some of the things that you've done when you've found yourself struggling a bit with that relationship with your business
1: i always try and go back to basics. So I always try to remember why I'm doing this. And the, and that why is kind of, it's twofold for me. The first why is I love this work. Like I I love talking with my clients. I love supporting my clients. It's one of the greatest privileges of my life. And it's there's a reason why I'm doing this. I For me, my business feels as much as a vocation as it is a job. And then the other why is a very personal why. It's I want to be able to do work that I love, that I can have freedom over my days and that I can make a living that supports my family. So going back to that, always reminds me why the hell I am um, kind of, running a business, even though I've been doing this for a while now, and my business is, you know, built in a way that it's really sustainable and fulfilling, it's still hard some days. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to remind yourself, why am I doing this thing that feels hard? Why am I not just going to a nine to five, taking a paycheck and then forgetting about it when I get home, you know? Yeah. So kind of remembering why the hell I'm doing it helps me. And then on like a day to day, I just, I. Just put joy into my day so for example if say I'm just feeling a bit like oh but I've got work to do I'm like well how can I make this day more joyful how can I take advantage of the fact that I actually do have control over how I spend my day so like yesterday my husband I had a busy day and he made me pancakes before my like for my breakfast this the day and it sounds so silly but something as silly as having like a really delicious breakfast just makes my day more joyful yes
0: it's just like with life really isn't it you need to take the time to do those little things that make your day feel a lot nicer
1: yeah and then also I think with a business like if the day-to-day is quite monotonous Mm. so I try and always reconnect to the things that remind me why the hell I'm doing this so for me like a coaching call always reminds me why the hell I'm doing this and also writing like creating any form of content always reminds me why I'm doing this and also living my life and having the freedom to live my life the way I want to reminds me why I'm doing this so whenever me and my husband we try and travel a little bit throughout the year and whenever we do I always have this moment on the flight there and the flight home of kind of just like this is why I do what I do so I can go away and not have to ask permission from a boss to take a week off yes. but I can come back to my... so sometimes the thing that helps me form with my business is just living my life that my business enables me to live.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh. and yes, I have those moments too. I mean, less so now that I have a baby. <laughs> but um yeah, when I I used to try and travel quite a bit as well and when I first started my business uh, a few years ago, I used to just go for like a walk during the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And I used to just have this like real gratitude thinking, oh, everyone's at work in an office, but I'm out here having a nice walk. And I just think, yeah, that sort of gratitude for what I do would like really fire me up and, and give me that connection back to my business.
1: I think you just hit the nail on the head there with gratitude. I do think gratitude is the, in anything in my life, if I go back to gratitude, everything feels amazing. Mm. And just and I always think anything that's hard in my business is also part of why my business is awesome. Yes. So I, I, the, the, you can't have the good without the bad, and, and the bad is pretty good compared to the bad it could be in a career that would be no way aligned with what I
0: actually want to be doing. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Right. So I want to actually steer the conversation towards your writing because you mentioned how you love writing. It's one of those parts of your business that you just love, and I think. You have got such a strong voice across all of your platforms, and that even includes your podcast to be honest, your speaking as well as your writing. I would just love to know more about how you found your voice and um just the practice of writing and how that plays such a strong role in what you do.
1: yeah, thank you for saying that you know it's really interesting. I would say that as much as I love writing, it's also the biggest using my voice and sharing my content is probably also one of the biggest anxiety triggers for me because i think take taking up space in general is just petrifying Mm -hmm. but i i was mulling over this because i know you mentioned this is something you wanted to talk about and i was thinking i think it's again it comes down to the relationship i think because i've been writing so i've been running my business for four years and two years before that i had a blog so it's been six years now of like consistently publishing content and i've had my podcast for almost four years so i think It's the fact that I've been writing so much. It's like a muscle that I've built. And I think also for me, I think my voice and my coaching practice are very much tied together, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So every time I'm writing, I'm really bringing to like the metaphorical table is like all the work I'm doing around that writing that kind of fuels the perspective. And I'm also writing a lot from my own experience. So I feel like it's like a very it's a relationship that I've got with that and I also think I'm really clear on what the purpose of my content is I'm very much writing from a place of service there's not much that I write that I'm not using like a diary if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I'm very clear on why I'm writing this and but I can feel the people I'm writing it for in my head and I think that makes a big difference I find that it's a lot harder not in a bad way but it's harder to do it when you're not doing the work yet do you know what I mean yes like if someone's starting a business from scratch and they're building this amazing like content ecosystem, but they're not actually doing the work, it's a little bit harder because you haven't got that relationship with the thing you're talking about. So I think the fact that I am doing what I'm talking about every day and in relationship with it fuels it all. And I also think, I, I think I'm really solid in what my business is and who I am in the business. So having those foundations in place means that when I sit down to write, I don't even have to think about it. I know what I want to say. My writing style, like I just, I'm so used to my voice and how I express it. The podcast, I would say, is more of like a, a work in progress. It feels like to me anyway, because I'm one of those people who expresses myself better in writing than in talking. As you can probably hear in this episode, I kind of go all around the houses. But the podcast for me. Um, is it is a, is a been a place to push myself in that way, if that makes sense. So in terms of writing, when I go into my zone with writing a blog post or a letter or something to my community, that is when I feel most aligned with my voice. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but I think it's probably having a good relationship with my business and using the muscle of writing so consistently and being really clear on why the hell I'm writing in the first place. Yeah,
0: yeah. and you have been so consistent. You mentioned having a content ecosystem. Do you have a sort of plan for how regularly you write to your blog because you also have a weekly newsletter and it seems like you're really really consistent in sending that out
1: yeah so i i so I, if you asked me this three years ago i would tell you that i had a big spreadsheet and everything was laid out when it was coming out nowadays it's a lot more fluid than mm. that my weekly letters are a non-negotiable for me content wise they go out every sunday unless i'm like in the summer i took a month off and i'll probably take some time off over christmas but apart from that it's always non-negotiable for me and it's just something that I make space for every single week. So that is a consistent thing for me. Uh, everything else in my content ecosystem. So, the, my content ecosystem is kind of, I have this belief that we all need like multiple streams of content usually to kind of do different jobs for us in our business. So, and um, but I also believe that we make a mistake when we make every content stream kind of do the same job. So, you don't want, say, you have a blog. And a newsletter and a podcast you kind of don't want to be doing the same thing with them because then what's the point in having three different content streams as content streams they have an ability to do a different job for you while all working towards the same goal so i'm super clear on what the purpose of my content streams are but my newsletter is the only thing that i am like 100 committed to with the podcast i kind of pick a time when i'm going to do a season and then i'm taken months off in the past from doing podcasts obviously i also have my podcast with sarah and yeah. um, letters from a hopeful creative which we do we put that out every monday and then a blog post i would say that my blog is probably the least important part of my ecosystem to me at the moment in that if i sometimes i'll share a past letter on it and sometimes i might write something specifically specifically for the blog but i'm no longer kind of having like this very intense blog content plan mostly just due to energy and time the content energy that I have I want to put that into the letter and any podcast that I do so I don't have a big plan but I am very I have a non-negotiable with the weekly letter and I'm always kind of carving out time throughout the month to kind of sit with the ideas that I have for content and where they might best be so for example this week that we're recording I've just put a new like short season of make it happen up, which is going to be five short episodes and that literally, I, that has not been in the plans for a long time, literally last week I had an idea <laughs> for some mm-hmm. topics, I was like, oh this will be better in podcast form. And I'm very lucky that my husband is a podcast editor so i are just gonna have him on hand to pass things to. So that was quite fluid. So in the past I've planned, but these days I would say my content is very reactionary to my own intuition. Also I think we're entering a time where none of us have unlimited energy and the blog is very rarely the secret weapon now in your mm. content ecosystem in the sense that people just aren't reading blogs in the way they used to and for me if I'm going to write something long form I'm going to share it with my email community because there's people there who've signed up and want to hear from me whereas the and so it's going directly to someone Whereas on the blog then I have to do a lot of work to push it out if that makes sense.
0: Yeah yeah I'm such ai mean I'm always going on about sending emails because for me I find it it's like it's more intimate and mm-hmm. I pay more attention to the email newsletters I get, even though I'm signed up to a lot of them. If, if there's something special about them, I pay more attention to them.
1: Yeah, and I've I've opted. It's like a relationship. Like my favorite emails, I know what days and what times they're gonna come into my inbox, yes. and a lot. And like a lot of people, I will sometimes push it to the blog afterwards. Yes. Maybe like my favorite ones, and I. It's, I still think blogs are so relevant, and I read a lot of blogs. It's just currently with my energy. Like earlier this year, I was posting maybe for the first quarter of the year, I was posting quite consistently on the blog, and then I just kind of. I I really try and trust my gut with my content. I don't want it to ever feel like a chore. And I'm in a good position where because I've been running this business for quite a long time now, it's not that my business doesn't live or die based on whether I post a blog that week. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, Are there any email newsletters that you love that you can recommend?
1: Yeah, so I, Alexandra Franzen is my absolute mm. favourite. She kind of sends them out, sometimes weekly, sometimes throughout the month. She's amazing. I love Paul Jarvis's newsletter i I love yeah he's amazing i love jessica rose williams's newsletter um i love wandering aimfully's those kind of and jamie varon has just started a newsletter which i just know i'm gonna love oh and nicole Antoinette. she has a newsletter that you only get access to if you're a patreon supporter for her podcast but those are the five that i would say are like my top top favorites
0: yeah yeah and yeah i'm subscribed to some of them as well and they they all kind of do something a bit special for their subscribers it's not just like it's not a blog post you feel a bit sort of getting in behind the scenes a bit with them or more of a a a different message that they haven't put out in public yet
1: yeah and I think what they've all got in common is their voice is really clear yes like you know who they like I always think with Paul like I'm not going to get that from anybody else Like it's it's him and and all of them make me feel a certain way. So I think sometimes the magic, I think it all comes down to, I think we underestimate how big of a task it is to like uncover and claim and use your voice in whatever content stream you're using. But that's kind of where the magic happens when someone knows what they're gonna, they could read something without your name on it and still know it's from you.
0: Yes, yes, that's it. And I, yeah, that's how I feel about your content. And I love your newsletter as well. And you actually have a course about, writing for dream clients and I suppose this also benefits you in that sense. You have such a strong voice and you know what you're writing for that clients find you and they know if you're the right person for them.
1: Yeah, I mean it's definitely I would say my content I do it for two reasons. Number one, I do it because I really love it when I can support someone in their journey without them ever paying me a penny. (laughs) Like That's just naturally who I am like I want to give away as much as possible because I think we're all in this together and I want to share what I can to help people and then second to that it is a really great marketing tool of my business it's pretty much the only marketing tool of my business is my content and it's an amazing way for me to not only build a relationship with clients but to help them go on a journey so that if they do decide to work with me they kind of already have a relationship with me and so it means that I'm attracting the right client to me it means that our working relationships that I have amazing I work with amazing clients who really get what I do and we really trust each other And so my content has been a great tool for me to, and it's also a very um, icky free way (laughs) to attract clients. Like I just have to share my ideas and my stories and my message and people want to work with me. I don't have to do anything that makes me feel like a used car salesman and that I don't think I could run my business if I did have to do anything that made me feel like a used car salesman. So I am a big believer in content being such a secret weapon for us in terms of building a relationship with potential clients and customers and helping them take that leap into
0: seeing whether or not we're someone they want to work with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, you recently did a sort of accountability for people to get their thing written. Yeah, yeah, my write the damn thing group. Yeah, and I was really intrigued by the fact that you've got all these sort of creative projects going on behind the scenes that aren't related to your business.
1: I mean, that's how I stay sane. Um, I learned, I don't know if you went through this too, because we've both been doing this for quite a while, we you way longer than me. I learned a few years ago that, there's a trap you can fall into as a business owner where you think your business is everything, mm. where you kind of make it your whole identity. And especially because we have creative businesses, you kind of put your creativity into it. And a big thing I've learned is my business is important, but it's not my whole life. And I there's a whole version of me outside of this business that still needs like nurturing and still needs to play and explore. So I try and always have some form of creative project on the side that's just for me so a few months ago I was taking like a writing for tv class and I was writing a script at the moment I am painting which is just purely for fun and I'm also writing some short stories that and they're just for me like I have no um big ambitions for them. it's because my business makes me a great living and it helps me do work that I'm really proud of so I, I find it really important to have creative endeavors just for me outside of all of this that keep that help me stay in relationship with that side of myself if that makes sense yeah
0: that that's so important and you're right it is easy for your business to become everything and it's nice sometimes just to do something for the sake of enjoying the process rather than any sort of end result and also, it takes away any judgment you might have over the how good you are at doing it as well.
1: Oh my God, painting. So I'm like not an artist. I'm pretty sure I remember in high school, the art teacher telling me to not take art as one of my G.P.S. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not artistic, but I just, I had this desire and I'm painting. And the beautiful thing is say I make a mistake I don't allow myself to then turn over and start again. I'm like, you have to finish this in whatever mistake you've made. And it's been such a beautiful lesson to be like, you don't have to be good at something. It's okay for it to feel uncomfortable. The fun is in the process, not in the kind of finished product. And that has just cracked open a part of my brain that in my business, I always want things to be good and right and at the top of the game. So it's lovely to have a space in my life where I'm just allowed to be really crap, but have lots of fun anyway. Yeah, yeah.
0: And do you find that it kind of clears your head as well?
1: completely it's um
0: a lot of people say that
1: exercise is something that really helps them with their mental health i have um a chronic illness that means i can't really do much exercise Mm -hmm. (laughs) so for me I'm, i'm always looking for ways and i don't love meditation i just i'm always looking for ways to kind of have that that zone of quiet and peace and painting recently has just been a it's just been a joyful escape for me so yeah it's definitely it's cleared my head and it's helped me just feel like a human i think it's so easy as a business owner to kind of feel like everything is about the business and it's it's just so great to get away from that and just remind myself that I am Jen outside of all of this and I can just breathe.
0: Yes, yes, so true. Yeah, I play piano. I was mentioning to you just before we started yeah. recording and I haven't been playing much lately, but that gives that to me. I really need to start playing because I have been loving my work lately, but because of that, I have been getting a bit like too stuck into it and not focusing on other things in my life apart from my work and my baby, basically. So, Yeah. That's a good reminder. A really good reminder. I
1: also think what I was craving, because for me, my my creative escape is usually writing, but I was craving using my hands. Yeah. Because I don't because I don't use my hands to do anything really work apart from type on my computer. I, I think there was something about getting into my body, and because that exercise isn't something that I can do a lot of. Get used, And I imagine with the keyboard, with the piano, because you're using your hands, I I just think there's... I don't know the science there. I don't know what it is, but I think there is something about getting into our body yeah. in that way that gets us out of our head a little I bit.
0: I bet there is. I bet there is. I bet it uses a different part of your brain as well or something. <laughs> yeah,
1: completely. And it's just... Yeah, it makes me feel like a human being. So, And I think we... When we're struggling in our business, we think the thing to do is to go deeper into the business. Whereas I think, no, just get the hell out and live your life for a little bit. Yeah,
0: and on the flip side, it does sometimes feedback into your business not that you're necessarily doing it because of that but it does
1: oh my every all of my my content is better when I'm living my life always like I if we if I take a week off or I go on holiday or I just you know I try and take like I always take the weekend off and I usually try and take most of Friday and Monday off too I just have these like four days or at least three just to relax I come back having so much to write about I think we underestimate the power of living our life fueling the business it's it's the biggest loss i yeah,
0: And it's also like that thing um, about writing that everyone says, like reading more makes you a better writer. Yeah. And sometimes when you're stuck in, you think, I don't have time to read all these books that I want to read. Mm. But um, it definitely, definitely makes me a better writer.
1: Completely. Because it just gets you out. It kind of helps you kill your own darlings a little bit because it helps you see different sentence structures and different ways of telling stories. I, uh, reading, and if I don't read, I mean, reading for me is how I feel like a human in many ways. It's my happy place. If I don't read, I'm... I'm not doing very well in my life.
0: I'd love to know who some of your favourite writers are.
1: So Cheryl Strayed yes. will always be one of my favourites. Um, I love Jodie Pickle. I, me and my mum, we always used to read her books. As, like I'd read it and then I'd pass it to her and she's just got a new one come out that's sitting on my bedside table. But I'm very, I mean, I have a lot of fiction writers who I love. Like I love Jamie Attenberg and Celeste Ung, and I love anything Rox- Roxanne Gay doesn't. She's got one short story collection, but I love anything she writes. Any form of like, my husband calls them my angry feminist literature book. <laughs> But and um, I just I love I love reading literature where it's telling stories about women that actually make sense to me and don't just feel like archetypes of what a man thinks a woman yes. should be, and then I love any form of kind of um, I'm a big fan of like political memoirs. I just read Chasing Hillary about Amy Chosick who was like um, she was a journalist who did both of Hillary's campaigns, wildly fascinating. So I kind of love literature and then like memoirs or like kind of political social kind of exploration books as well and my favorite thing to do is to pick a book that I love and then just go through the Amazon recommendations of things other people bought and kind of see
0: what takes my fancy oh good idea what are some of your favorite books anything by Brene Brown
1: over the years has really, I always say that I, I did, I read Darren Greatly maybe in the few months before I started my business. I really don't think if I hadn't have read that book. I was 22, I know you were pretty young too when you started yeah. this. I don't know if I'd have had the courage to have done that. Um, Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strade is the book that I always tell people to read if they just need to remember that they can survive anything that comes their way. But yeah, Little Fires Everywhere and Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Young are two books that I would recommend to everyone.
0: Right, I'm going to switch gears a bit now. And I wanted to ask you, because you started your business quite young and and you're still young, but you're so wise, I would love to know some of the sort of inner mindset work that has taken you to this point. It's, people say this sometimes to me and I feel like a fraud. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I am not know what... I, okay,
1: we're going to get really deep here, but it's the only way I know to be honest with this answer. Yeah, I went through a lot quite young. So and I had a breakdown when I was 19. And I had a break- another breakdown when I was 21. And I started my business on the other side of this. And when I look back, I really believe that I had to grow up so fast because of things that had happened to me. And then my mental health fell apart because I didn't know how to handle all these things that happened to me. And it made me cut a lot of the bullshit out of my life. Like it made me realize what was important to me. And it really made me step up for my own life. And I think because I went through so much so young, It kind of just helped me get super laser-focused in my life. So I don't know if I'm wise or if I'm just – I have a way of just getting – to the truth of what's important to me. And if I'm passionate about anything, I wanna help people get to their truth as well because I think that's where the magic happens. I think we spend so much of our life listening to other people's expectations and rules and shoulds and it just takes us away from ourselves. And so the only way I can look at it is I think because I went through so much and I think because I had to grow up so fast and I think because and I've been in therapy and even though I'm not in therapy right now, I feel like I'm forever if I I'm forever analysing my feelings and I'm forever trying to work through stuff and I've I think it's probably
0: rooted in my life experiences that have made me had to step up in my own life, does that make sense? Yep, yep, definitely. And yeah, it's an ongoing process, but I guess searching for that truth and speaking your truth and asking questions about how you feel, that that is at the core of it.
1: Yeah, I've really worked on my relationship with myself and I wouldn't say it's perfect. Like literally, I've been in like an anxiety spiral for the past four days for no good reason other than the fact that I am a human who lives the path and I think it's just that if I'm grateful for anything, I'm, I'm really clear on what's important to me in my life and I'm really good at being really um, discerning on what's not important. And so I, I'm trying to hold space for my clients and for my writing for people to have that experience too because I think we lose so much of our life to other people's crap. Mm-hmm. So maybe what people think is wise <laughs> is just me like trying to encourage all of us to live our lives for ourselves because I think that is... And to live our lives in relation to what's really important to us, and not to kind of live a life for anyone else. So I think that's hopefully what I'm trying to encourage people to do, whether it's in business or in life. And I, so I don't think I'm wise. I just think I, um, I have like my war wounds, and I think they make me stronger as a person. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. And it is hard to live life in a way that is right for you. It is hard. So it is useful to have someone like you sharing and keeping keep on reminding us
1: especially in business I see so many people kind of looking for the answers outside of themselves so looking for someone to tell them what to do or looking for someone And I just I find with my clients the magic happens when you listen to yourself and you trust your own voice and there's so much great advice out there to be a catalyst for your own discovery but I think um the better relationship we have with ourselves, the better our life is, but also the better our business is, because we have to be the leaders of it at the end of the day. No one else can do that for
0: us. yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah, I started my business quite young, and I was just I was just trying to do what I read about. I was trying to be the kind of business owner that I thought was the best business owner, but it wasn't me, and um, yeah, i I feel like I wish I hadn't spent so long looking. Outside for the way to do it, but I can't change that, and I've learned a lot in the process.
1: Yeah, I remember. I mean, I'm 26, I'm 27 next year, I, I still feel ridiculously young, but I started at 22, and I remember back then. I think I don't think there's any way to negate this when you're that age. I just yeah. felt like an imposter the whole time. Like, I felt you have the ballsiness of being 22 because you have no responsibilities really other than yourself. Yeah. And you've got that naivety of, you know, you're just young, you feel like the world's your oyster. And so I had that, which I think helped me take some steps, like to be bold enough to even launch business in the first place. But I also, for me, the the sense that I didn't know that I was worthy of anything. I didn't really believe in myself yet. But on the other hand, I think I could only have got to that place by doing the work and building that confidence in myself. So I have no regrets. I'm just really grateful that for some reason I thought at 22 years old that I could do this. Yeah, yeah. And then I've gone on the journey of figuring out how to do this.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I started when I was 21 and I am grateful for my younger self starting out. You're right. There is a power in starting at that age because I had no responsibilities. I had very low sort of living costs and I could just sort of explore. But I did feel kind of ashamed of my age when I was Mm -hmm. working with clients who were a lot older than me. It was really difficult. I used to try and hide it a bit, which is kind of sad looking back. It is hard. I always felt if I ever had a client back
1: then who was a lot older than me or a lot, I just would always, I would kind of just get in my head and be like, you're not good enough. And I also, yeah. I think I always just felt, and I still feel it now to an extent, it's like who... Everyone has like that imposter voice, and my imposter voice is always, "Who the hell do you think you are?" Mm. Like you, you're so young, you know. And and this is why I then always just try and remind myself: anything that I'm sharing and doing, especially my writing, is just I'm not acting like I have all the answers. I just want to share what feels true to me, in the hopes that it can be just in some way hold space for somebody else. And I and age is also it's really interesting. I think seeing the strengths of starting when you're younger, and then I also. What I find really comforting is surrendering to the fact that 10 years from now, I will be so much better at this than I am now. And four years in, I'm so much better than I was at year one. And it's just, I actually find it exciting that I've got so many years ahead of me to grow and grow in my craft.
0: Yes, that's the best way of looking at it really, isn't it?
1: And there's so much strength in you. If I know a lot of my clients who are older have all said like, oh, I've enjoyed working with someone younger because you have perspective on the world and especially on the online industry that they don't have. And I think sometimes... um, Our age doesn't have to. If anyone listens to this, who might be quite younger, they're like, because I I do think it's scary. It's I think there's a level of be brave enough to know that you have something to bring to the table, but also be humble enough to know that you have a lot to learn too. I think I'm thankful that I had the courage, but also the humility to know what I didn't know. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's great advice. Well, I'm going to wrap things up with a couple of parting questions before we go. The first one is. What book, film or music have you discovered recently that moved you in some way and why?
1: So the book that I literally just finished a few days ago is called Like a Mother by Angela Garvez And it's kind of the subtitle is A Feminist Journey Through the Science and Culture of Pregnancy. Now, I'm not a mum. I'm not planning on getting pregnant (laughs) anytime. soon. I am hopeful in the future that we can have kids. And so I've been reading a lot of, I don't know if this happened to you, Ruth, before you even started to think about getting pregnant, but I've just been a bit obsessed recently with reading things around pregnancy and motherhood. So (laughs) read into that what you want, anyone listening. Um, But this book was so fascinating to me because it shares her personal journey, but it goes into a lot of the science of kind of pregnancy and birth and breastfeeding. And it taught me lots of things that I had no clue about, but it also just made me think, oh my God, women are heroes like and how much you always hear how pregnancy and childbirth is a big transformative experience but reading this book made me realize on the other side of it you are your body has changed
0: Mm.
1: and you are different and your body can do amazing things and it made me so proud of my mother and every woman I know who's had children but it I just and I also for me there's nothing more inspiring than reading a woman tell the story of her life telling the stories that the patriarchal society hasn't wanted us to tell no one wants to hear about the fluid that comes out your body when you're pregnant do you know what I mean no one's allowed to tell those stories so I just it really moved me from a personal point of view of thinking about motherhood but also from a bigger point of view of just thinking oh my god women are amazing and these are stories that we need to tell was a whole chapter on miscarriage and I just I just thought it was just yeah it moved me a lot and it, I think I'll read it again hopefully one day if I'm pregnant
0: yeah this sounds great I need to read this book and you're right <laughs> it's it's so important to talk about these things and there are loads of things that can actually be quite a big deal in the whole um you know the whole experience of getting pregnant and having a baby but but you don't hear about it until you're already pregnant and you're just like oh my goodness I had no idea yeah and I,
1: I the thing that's always scared me about it is feeling very much like oh once you get pregnant your body is therefore a vessel and you're not mm, <laughs> like yeah. you don't have any agency over your body and having agency over my body is so important to me and reading mm. around pregnancy is helping me get my head around maybe putting my body through that one day and also the story you always hear on the other side is that no matter what happens, it's always worth it if there's a healthy baby.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and I do think it's worth reading about this stuff now, even if you're not sure if you're ever going to go through it yourself. Definitely. But I really recommend that book.
1: It was, it was it's, it's an American book, so obviously it's coming at it from their health. Yeah. The issues in that book, like maternity leave and not getting free, maternity care, is not relevant here. But I
0: also think it's good to know what's happening for fellow women around the world, too. yeah. yeah. It is okay. Second question: If you could, what message would you give your younger self when you first started your business?
1: Can I give two? I got like yes. a practical one than a personal one. Yeah. So my practical one would be save the health for tax. <laughs> I did not take the whole tax thing seriously my first couple of years. I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll deal with it. And then tax time came around, and you've got your payments on account, and I, I always made my tax bill, but I scrambled. Mm-hmm. Um, so take taxes seriously. would be my first advice, and my, my second. Like, it's all gonna be okay. I, I don't believe that we live in a world where jump in the net will catch us. I think terrible things happen all the time, and things are wildly out of our control. But I do. I wish that what I could give myself back then, and what I wish I could give myself now, is just the belief for my future self that everything's gonna be okay. You might not know how it's gonna turn out, but in a business, there are so many unknowns and so many uncertainties that it can be really crippling. It can be really anxiety inducing. I can't tell you how many nights I've lost sleep due to a ridiculous fear that everything's going to fall apart. <laughs> mm. And especially, I know me, me both the breadwinners in our marriages. And so there's this extra responsibility of just keeping it all together. And I just wish I could go back and tell myself, just breathe because it's all going to be okay and in all those moments where you worried it wasn't going to be okay you'll figure it out it's usually not going to fall apart in the ways you think it would because when I panic that things are going to fall apart nothing bad is actually happening it's just the anxiety of the unknown and so I think if I could tell myself you have you have now committed to a journey of the unknown because that's what entrepreneurship is no guarantees no blueprints no clear paths to follow but there's actually joy to be found in that because when there's a known, it also means that things can happen that you never even knew were possible. So, I just, there's times where I just wish I could go back and give myself a hug and say, everything's all going to be okay. You're not crazy for thinking you can do this.
0: Yes, yes. That is such good advice. And yeah, it's so true. When I look back um, throughout the course of my business, I can see that everything worked out, obviously, with hindsight, but it's hard. The, it's such a roller coaster in the moment,
1: it's exhausting. There's so much possibility. Yeah, I always try and if I hold on to the pos- the possibility of good things rather than bad things because it really might like my worst case scenario is that we're homeless on the street. Mm-hmm. That is the stupidest. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> naive enough to think that's not possible because lots of people do end up homeless in in you know, the society we live in. But I'm also like, I'm not gonna. No, my business is great. It's doing fine. Yeah. Stop worrying. But I, yeah, it's it's a really lonely journey, and I think this is the bit we don't know how to talk about is just the moment when you're like hey, I'm worried for no good reason, but still I have a lot of responsibility and this is scary.
0: Yeah. yeah, And I'm really glad you mentioned the tax thing because I was the same. I got myself into a real rubbish situation with tax. And it's that whole payments on account thing where you have to pay your tax. When your income goes to a certain level, you have to pay your tax for the previous year and you have to pay like half again for the next year or something like that. And that is what like did me in.
1: Yeah the payments on account was just Ugh. and I I had to go into savings and it was just yeah. it was all and also the sleepless nights of yeah, just yeah it's scary and I, and the tax people are not the easiest people to deal with <laughs> so I just yeah I wish that I just saved because I because once you get behind you're behind every year from do you yeah, know what I mean
0: yeah it's horrible
1: and I've done my own I've always done my own accounts because I've wanted to be in, and people are always like get an accountant get an accountant and I should probably get an accountant <laughs> but I actually find it really empowering to be able to do my own accounts and feel in control of it but I would just say whether you get an accountant or not just have a system so that you're doing your accounts and you're aware of what's going on because um it's only a scary it's only scary if you're not in control of it
0: yes so true because i was i had my head in the sand for for a while about it actually and when i got in control of it all um because i did get an accountant but i also like to do my own bookkeeping because i agree i like to know what's going on and when you know what's going on it's fine it's like when you're in denial it feels horrible
1: yeah and you can do it and just and i'm really lucky that my best friend is an accountant so she's always on speed to to be like hey what's what's going on but yeah just say, save for your taxes um, do not wake up in january and regret all this christmas <laughs> shopping you did and then be like oh my god i owe double what i thought I owed.
0: yeah yeah not worth it i'm just gonna ask you one more question that is where can people go to find out more about you and what you do So my website,
1: jencarrington.com, is the very best place. There's links to everything there, my podcast, my blog, my newsletter, my Instagram, which just tends to be where I hang out the most online in terms of social media. And yeah, I would love to connect with any people who would love to connect with me.
0: Oh, thanks, Jen. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. It would really help me and the podcast if you could take a moment to review, rate and subscribe. I'd also really love to hear from you on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite, where I like to get a bit philosophical about online business and you can find me on my website ruthpoundwhite.com where you can read the episode show notes, subscribe to my behind the scenes newsletter or read more about my own experience of running a creative online business.